Well, it has officially been three years since I have come off birth control. Wow. I do have one kid to show for it. We are not shaming anyone. Mm -hmm. We're just more coming from this of the perspective of people actually shamed us. Yeah. The first 25 years of my life was just like, oh, you have a period for like a a week. Right. And then nothing. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) no. No. No, not quite. I think for me, it's understanding a little bit of the why, but also be like, I just need to give my body grace in this week because it's going through a hard time. You're listening to the Big Sister Complex Podcast. The podcast where two big sisters and recovering perfectionists figure out their 20s in real time. We're exploring the elements of our lives from building relationships to establishing our early careers and celebrating all of the imperfections along the way. Hello, welcome back to Big Sister Complex Podcast. I'm Riley. And I'm Chelsea. We are so excited to be chatting today. We've got life updates. Yep. We've got just some random things to chitty chat through. Always. And we're going to just get down into the nitty gritty. Yeah nittiest and grittiest of them all (laughs) i feel a little bit out of practice it's been a bit since we've recorded but yes we've chosen a new room and for me this is i think a better energy yeah because to be honest you decorated it (laughs) (laughs) no shade to michael's decorating it's just not our style it's his style and like it's his room this is like your office so it's like your style and it just is a different vibe Mm -hmm. and i love it and there's air conditioning which is oh my gosh yeah we're both in sweatshirts which is like unheard of i know we used to record in like tank tops (laughs) and be like sweating (laughs) yeah the ac helps a ton the Mm -hmm. fan is nice and i feel like it sounds better in here i think so okay well before we get into anything um i have to talk about my experience this last week okay this last week was the craziest week of my life Oh, I yeah. saw Noah Khan on Tuesday. I can't believe it. No, you can't believe it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had to. Um, so I love him so much. It was like, I feel like I had to emotionally recover all of Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Well, I just want to say, I don't know how... He blew up out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. When you first told me you were going to this concert, I told Drew about him. And Mm -hmm. Drew was like, I've never heard of this guy. And looked him up and I think he had like maybe 400,000 followers on Instagram. Like when you bought your tickets, which was... I don't know how long ago that was. A while ago. And then he now has like over a million. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like he's, he's on the up and up here. Oh, he's super on the up and up. Well, and I've actually known him, not to sound like a complete pick me girl, but here I go. I've been listening to him for a while. Mm-hmm. So, like, at his concert, he played a few of his old songs. Yeah. I think a lot of people just know the We'll All Be Here Forever album, which mm-hmm. is, like... Wait, I thought that was Season of the Sticks. Well, it's Stick Season. Oh. And then he has a Stick Season album, but then he has, like, a deluxe version. Okay. And it's Stick Season, We'll All Be Here Forever. Oh, okay, okay. And it's very popular, as it should be, because it's literally flawless, top yeah. to bottom. Um. But I started listening to him, like, I think the first song I ever heard of his was Mess. Mm. He has, like, Mess and False Confidence and, like, some others that I really like. (laughs) I'm like, I have listened to him forever. Names two songs. (laughs) Um, No, but I really have listened to him for a while. So I was really excited. I remember seeing Stick Season on um, TikTok. And I remember Mm -hmm. people being like, oh, my God, release the full song. And then he did. And it's like he just blew up from that. So it's really crazy. He did TikTok, you know? Mm-hmm. There it goes. TikTok did up. Changed his world. But I saw him on Tuesday with my friend Ashley, and it was so good. 
And Wednesday, you mentally recovered. Wednesday, I mentally recovered. It was cloudy. I had post-concert depression. Mm -hmm. I just, like, sat around my house all day, and I was like, what is it all for? Can I ask a question? Yeah. I saw a lot of people posting, Noah Khan is for the oldest siblings. Mm. And I need to, like, can you explain that to me? Like, what does that mean? I love his music, but mm-hmm. is there something I'm missing? Because as an oldest sibling, big sisters. Yeah. Like, You're like, I feel like I should be more obsessed with it. Yeah. I'm like, what am I missing here? I think, so his music definitely has a lot of themes mm-hmm. of, like, so much of his music is about his hometown and his home mm-hmm. and, like, where he grows up. Ugh. And um, there's a song called You're Gonna Go Far, which is, like, everyone says, like, that's the song for, like, the eldest daughter because yeah. it's all about, like the guilt that you feel when you move mm-hmm. away from home. So, obviously, it makes me ball my eyes out. Yeah. Um, Leaving your siblings behind? Yes. That exactly. was the worst. Yeah. Exactly. So, it's all about, like, um, it's basically, that song's, like, from the perspective of the people that you're leaving behind. Mm. And they're saying, like, we're not mad at you, and you're the greatest thing we've ever lost, and, like, we'll all be here, and, you know, everything's just the way it was when you left it, and we'll be <sighs> here when you want to visit. Okay, I'm literally crying. I know. <laughs> Go listen to it on the way home. Um <sighs> Oh, it's so good. No, I have it stuck in my head. I'm, like, going to start singing it, except not. Um, so, yeah, it was, like, it's it's not, like, it was a fun concert. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I was smiling the whole time, yeah. but, like, also crying on the inside. Mm. And then he sang this song, which, if you look it up on TikTok, you can certainly find it. It was called um, Shape of My Shadows. Okay. And it was about his struggle with an eating disorder, Mm. which he, like, hasn't really talked about very much before. And before he started singing it, he was like, I'm going to, you know, he's like, I wouldn't be here. It was also World Mental Health Day Mm -hmm. on the day of his concert. So there were just a lot of factors. A lot of of emotions. It was, like, kind of heavy. Yeah. And he was like, I'm going to talk about something I've never talked about before. And... Oh, he started singing the song, and I was like, wow, wow, wow. It, like, mm. people were literally, like, Bawling. openly crying. It was so good and just so... It, it's not even like, oh, it was such a good song. It was like a bop. It wasn't that. It was just, like, good to be in a space with someone who is yeah. being completely honest and vulnerable. I'm like, that is so brave mm-hmm. to be able to do that. It's yep. just crazy. And that's the whole reason he does it is, like, to inspire other people to be honest with themselves about their struggles and on a lighter note, for months I've been saying all I want is for him to wear his white overalls and his braided pigtails. <laughs> and he did. He heard your I cries. I screamed. I scrumped when he came on stage. <laughs> because he wore his braided pigtails in Jacksonville the night before. So I was like, F. There's no way. I was yeah. like, there's no way he's doing it two nights in a row. But I think it's kind of like his look for this tour because then I've seen other videos of him. And it feels like he always has the braided pigtails in, which I'm not mad about at all. I love them. He's precious. I want to braid his hair so bad. (laughs) That's going on my next 30 before 30 list. (laughs) And if he listened to this, he'd think I'm a psycho. But I don't care because he's not going to (laughs) listen. So Tuesday, no con. Wednesday, emotional recovery. Yes. Thursday, we had girls night. Girls night. Which was so fun. Shout out to our girls. Chelsea, describe the vibe of our girls nights. It is cozy. Mm-hmm. It is comfort. We drink yummy cocktails, maybe a glass of wine or four, and we just chit chat. We ball up on the couch and blankets, and it's everything that I need in my life. We said we were going to do an activity. We all, well, okay, I say we all bought pumpkins. <laughs> Rachel provided pumpkins for us for yep. this activity that we didn't end up using. We were going to like do the cute vintage like painting pumpkins trend. Mm-hmm. Didn't uh, happen because we just sat on the couch and talked for hours and hours and hours, which we always do. We left at, like, 
midnight. midnight. Yep. Which I'm like a 9.30 bedtime person. Of course. But on a girls' night, there's no telling what we'll be up to. Nope. There's no curfew, no bedtime, no limits. It's yep. all out on the table. It was so good. Yeah. Which I loved, but then it was like, it was just kind of a lot for me. Exhausting. And all then, week. So, so now we're at Thursday. So Friday. Friday, I saw the Taylor Swift concert movie. Yep. Which again was so good. I knew people were going to stand and sing during the movie, and that was totally fine. No one blocked my view. It was so good. But the guys next to me were standing, and one of them, the one that was sitting directly to my left, mm-hmm. he would sit down every once in a while, and his friend who was with him would turn to him, and he'd be like, what are you sitting down for, you little bitch? <laughs> like, scream at him. Were you sitting down? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I'm sitting down, and the whole rest of our row is sitting down. <gasps> So it's like these four people on the end of our row, me, Ashley, and then a bunch of strangers. Oh, my god! We're gosh. all sitting down. The two guys are standing up and dancing. And if one ever, and it was multiple times he would sit down. And every time he would sit down, the other guy would turn and be like, what are you sitting down for? Or like, come on, stand up. And he'd be like, not you sitting down. It's giving fake fan. It's <gasps> And like he said, it's giving like 50 times. No. It was, like, enough for me to be, like, okay, I'm never saying it's giving again. Right. Like, it, it was too much. It was terrible. It's on me, because I bought tickets to opening night of the movie. Well, What no. was I thinking? You can go. Like, why not? Well, I mean, I just should have assumed. Like, obviously, That's I have true. every right to go to opening night of a movie, just like anyone does. But it was, like, if if anyone's going to be there opening night, it's going to be the people, like, in full costume yeah, who are, like, true. trading bracelets and, like, screaming at the top of their lungs and dancing. I want to know, did people buy her, like, cups and stuff? Oh, yeah. And they're, like, keeping that. That's cute. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to know, how much money does she did she make off of, not the ticket sales, but, like, the, the popcorn bag with her face on it or the cup with, like, that like, type of stuff? I'm just, like, when are you ever going to use that again? You're just buying stuff that's going to be in a landfill, and you just bought a $25 plastic cup. Yeah, but for them, that's their, mo- that's their token of the concert, you know? Yeah. So that was my week, and this week, I'm looking forward to doing nothing because it was just kind of a lot. Same. I feel like we were just this past week getting off the heels of our dc trip mm-hmm. which is so fun we went up there to see family we just like worked like normal though and explored yeah. the city at night because we were all like working but coming back after being gone for a week the amount of laundry is daunting mm. and now i have a child right so it's, it's not just my laundry laundry Yes, which is like, and she's now starting to wear socks because it was like cold up there. And you just, why are socks always a thing that get lost? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I'm like trying to match her. It's just like, that has just been a lot this week. So I'm excited to have a chill week this week, like back to normal. Like I loved visiting and loved being, you know, out of town, but there's nothing like your own bed. Amen. And being able to like wake up in the morning in your own home. Like I love, I love when we stay with Kyle, but. I realize I'm such an introvert and so is Drew. Like, we need to have quiet time in the morning and we need to have quiet time in the evenings. And when you're there living in someone else's space, even if for a week, it's like we didn't have a moment to, like, not only Drew and I to ourselves, but, like, me to, like, myself. Because even if I would go to, like, our room, Blair would either be napping there or Drew would be there. So it's like, I loved it. But I'm also ready just to have some me time. Watch my Kardashians. Mm. Binge some YouTube videos and just spend some time by myself. Maybe read a book. Who knows? We need to give a reading update. Yep. I bought a book. Nonfiction. Wait. No. Fiction. 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 I feel like we need special effects of like a crowd cheering. (laughs) (laughs) I bought The Summer I Turned Pretty. 
and I'm going to read it. Um, we have a trip coming up in a few weeks, so I'm mm-hmm. going to take it with me so I can be by the pool reading a fiction book. And then I'm going to try, you know, I love the holiday season and I love Christmas. So maybe if there's a cute Christmas fiction book, I could do it. Yeah. But I looked at the, what's that book series you're reading? A Court of Thorns and Roses. Yes. So I looked at that shelf. Yeah. And literally in Target, like the name tag of like the books are on that shelf is like fantasy and other stuff. And there were so many other crazy fantasy books like on that shelf. I was like, how did you get here? Yeah. That's like, I I looked at the book and I was like, do I get it? Do I just try? And I was like, not. I need to go to the rom com section and wiggle my way into fiction right. that way. Well, if you want to borrow it, I have it. I mean, wow. it's on Kindle, but you can borrow my Kindle. No, I can't take your Kindle from you. Well, I'm reading right now the fifth book someone lent to me, and okay. I'm reading the hard copy. All right. Well. So and I'm only like halfway through, so I'll be in it for like at least another couple weeks. Well, we'll see. You could just take it and then see if you like. But, okay, here's here's my thing with Akatar since we're talking about it. It has such a high barrier of entry. Yeah. And I've heard that, because I want to read her next series, which I can't even remember what they're called. They all have, like, these crazy names. This is my first fantasy series, mm-hmm. so I'm just, like, dipping my toe in. Mm-hmm. And to me, it felt like a high barrier of entry, but apparently it's, like, the lowest okay, in wait. the fantasy world. I have a question. Yeah. If that book is considered fantasy, mm-hmm. what is Harry Potter considered? considered and i think it's also considered fantasy but it's written for children so it's it's written for children yeah (laughs) it's like a kid's book series (laughs) have you looked at the covers it's so dark how is that a kid's book series it's written at like a third grade reading level really yeah no wonder you breeze through those things so quick (laughs) well i'm pretty sure it's written for kids like it's a kid's i mean think about like there's no like real romance or anything. That's like, true. There's not really any language. Like it's it's for kids. It is really a good versus it's dark. evil. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's good versus evil, but it's like a series of unfortunate events was dark, and that was written for kids. Yeah, it's definitely okay. a children's series. I'd say like Akatar has been. I've loved it. Mm-hmm. It's way spicier than I thought it was going to be, mm. especially book five. Oof. That's what I was telling Rachel. I'm like, holy cannoli. Spicy. I don't know what happened in her brain, but I'm like, <laughs> there's some stuff in here that I do not want to talk to my mom about. So she's like, what are you reading? What should I read? I'm like, nothing. I'm reading nothing. <laughs> I'm not don't reading read anything. any books. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been good. But my thing is like, I want to recommend it to people, mm-hmm. but I didn't get really into it until mm-hmm. like 60% of the way through the first book. That's hard. It is hard. And I know a lot of people have DNF'd it, which is like, fine. You, like, do not finish. Oh, okay. Chelsea just looked at me like I'm insane. I did. I'm like, I'm not up with the lingo. But, which like is fine. You're not, you know, required to finish anything. But I just heard such good things about the series. So mm-hmm. I wanted to push through. And I'm really glad I did because I love book two. My friend just texted me today saying that she finished book two. So I can't wait to hear her thoughts because I think it's the best one in the series so far. But I also didn't realize how thick they are because I was reading them on my Kindle. Yeah. And then when I finished book four, someone like lent me their hard copy of book five so I didn't have to buy it. It is like literally the width of my fist. Like if I make Uh -uh. a fist from like the knuckle of my thumb up to the top of my hand, that's how thick the book is. It's huge. You want to know what's crazy is someone had to like edit that. Mm -hmm. That's what I think about. Think about all those editing days. Okay, do you read the acknowledgments in the back of books? Never. Oh, I love reading the acknowledgments <laughs> because then you learn who, like, 
you you don't even it just blows my mind like you don't think about how many people are involved in a book right because obviously it's like the author's name is on the book Mm -hmm. but it's just like a show or a movie the Mm -hmm. end credits that's the acknowledgements part of a book so i'm always like i want to know who deserves recognition for this book and so i get to learn like who the editors are and the people at the publishing house and their agent and like their families i just i love reading about like the team Mm -hmm. who makes a book happen because it can't just be one person that's true that's my that's my like nerd yeah i guess that's my hot take it can't just be one person okay one last tiny little it's not even a life update it's just a funny story okay so michael and i read mostly michael um clean dark garage this weekend and we had so much crap in there Mm. just like we bought new dining room chairs off Facebook Marketplace, and they came with a table that, uh-huh. like, we knew we were never going to use. We're like, we'll just donate the table, whatever. Yep. We had, like, you know, random stuff, like an old fan, furniture, some, like, sconces that we took off the wall. That Your not... old chairs. Yeah, my old yellow chairs. Like, just all sorts of random stuff. So we were going to donate it all. We are going to take it all to Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. And then I was like you know what we're still cleaning the garage we live on kind of a busy street let's just set it by the curb until we're done cleaning the garage and see if any of it gets picked up oh every oh we had like a huge 10 by 8 rug too okay every single thing we put by the curb disappeared like within an hour (gasps) it was amazing i was like why have i ever loaded my car with stuff (laughs) (laughs) just put it on the curb note to self just put it on the curb it'll be gone instantly but it was so funny because we took that table Mm-hmm. And so we had eight hairpin, like, legs mm-hmm. for, like, a desk or a table or something. I don't okay, remember. Yeah, yeah, We bought them at Lowe's, like, forever ago. We never used them. I've had them listed on Facebook Marketplace forever. And people have asked me about them, but they always, like, live an hour away and want me to drive them to them. Absolutely like, not. For $30, no. So I just put all of it out by the road. So some guy comes, and I see him loading up like a ton of the stuff he didn't take all of it but he took like half of it Mm -hmm. and i saw him putting the table legs in the back of his truck so i was like sweet i'm getting rid of this table yeah we go out there the guy took the table legs and not the table like the top he didn't take he didn't take the top so we had like the table top a leaf for it and the legs all out there leaning up against this chair yeah he took everything except the tabletop and the leaf (laughs) so i'm like can i even donate this what am i gonna do with just a tabletop what's anyone gonna do with it so it's just laying in my yard wait it still is it's still out there because i'm just hoping someone will take it (laughs) i'm like i don't know what to do with this random tabletop and it made michael so mad he's like what kind of scourge of the earth comes and takes (laughs) table legs and not the tabletop because now we can't donate it yeah like someone could have used it and if if you were gonna I'm like, what did you need? Four metal... Ta-? And he took the four metal table legs from that table and the eight hairpin legs. So Oof. Michael was like, maybe he just collects scrap metal or something. I don't know. Maybe, but weirdo. It was so bizarre. So yeah, I still have the table in my front yard. I'll have to look at it when I leave. <laughs> I didn't notice it. So it's a good. crappy table. It's just like a little laminate, like round uh-huh. table or whatever. But I was like... I'm sure someone would use it if I took yeah. it to Salvation Army, you know. But now it's just a piece of Yeah, so I'm like, and it's not even wood you can burn. It's, like, probably mostly plastic. Ew, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what to do. Oof. So, yeah. That's so it. will be fun to figure out. That's our updates for you guys. Well, it has officially been three years since I have come off birth control. Wow. And I do have one kid to show for it. You do? 
that's a story for another day. Um, for you, it has also been what? One year. One year. No kid to show for it. <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> and obviously, Riley and I know like a lot of our listeners are going through similar things. And I think there's a lot of us that were in middle school, probably had really bad periods or some sort of complaint. Mm-hmm. And the like go-to thing in medicine at that time was just like birth control, like regulate your period, help with the symptoms, which I think maybe people did because they genuinely cared about our symptoms and quality of life or whatever. Mm. But now it has been shown mm-hmm. and we've seen that there are so many like negative effects to being on a hormonal birth control, which I want to be specific about. Right. That we didn't know. Mm-hmm. And now that I've been off it for three years and you've been off for one year, we've had to go on this journey of like self-discovery and figuring out what the heck hormones are, like yeah. what our endocrine system actually is, how it affects, which is crazy. Your endocrine system affects every part of your body, like mm-hmm. mental health, like literally everything is affected by your hormone levels and just kind of learning um, what like the pill has done to our bodies differently because everyone has like a different experience, but also kind of like more natural ways to find balance. Yeah. Right. Because like we talk all the time on this podcast how our natural go to instinct is to be perfectionism and to have everything perfect. And what we've really found is like actually balance is best and having a balance of stuff in our life. And so it's been three years for me trying to balance my hormones and it's been a bumpy ride. And like I did not expect this journey. Like I just thought I was going to go off the pill. My period was going to come back and I would keep on churning. Yeah. It's, I feel like something that I've heard a lot of women talking about in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know when I went off, I went off birth control after Michael and I had been married for like a year mm-hmm. and he was literally terrified, which yeah. is so funny and like a story I want to tell another time. But learning, my commitment to him was like, I'm not just going to go off birth control and like hope for the best. Right. Like I'm going to educate myself. And so my number one tip for anyone who's on hormonal birth control maybe Mm -hmm. has been on it for a long time like whatever your reason for being on it is Mm -hmm. if you want to get off i would highly recommend the book taking charge of your fertility yeah it is by tony frick i forgot her last name we can put it in the show notes yeah um her name is tony it was written in like the 90s and it's basically like the coming off birth control Bible and the fertility Bible. Yeah. And it's like whether you are trying to get pregnant or you're trying to not get pregnant, either way, you cannot go wrong with educating yourself on your body and with yep. what the hormones are in your body that are happening at different times or peaking at different times. Yeah. Learning about like, like I, for the first 25 years of my life was just like, oh, you have a period for like a, a week right and then nothing yeah and it's yeah. like <laughs> no 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 not quite there's so much stuff happening right and so another resource that i recommend to people is um the it's like a podcast slash youtube channel it's called fem head oh, like okay. f-e-m-m-e head yep um her name is victoria and she has so much content around like learning the different phases of your cycle and you know, coming off birth control, doing natural family planning. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've been doing yep. since coming off hormonal birth control. 
And it's been successful for me in the fact that we are not trying to have a family at this time. And I think that people get really freaked out by coming off birth control because they're like, oh, you're going to get pregnant right away. And it's like the fascinating thing that I learned in the book is it is actually so hard Mm -hmm. to get pregnant. It is so unlikely to get pregnant because you are only ovulating for 24 hours maybe out of a month. When you ovulate can be so different month to month, especially if your hormones hormones aren't in balance. Yeah. And the conditions have to be, like, perfect. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. Life is a miracle. Yeah. Which is so crazy, like, to think about all the times when people have surprise babies. It's like, like mine. Like yours. <laughs> Blair. I didn't know if you were going to say that or not. Yeah. But, like, that's so crazy that, like, Blair is here and she's a year old. Yeah. And you didn't, like, plan for her, but it just happened like at the perfect time yeah for you for us mm-hmm. which we didn't know was going to be right i think one main reason i went off birth control i think a lot of people have different experiences but was when i started doing like a lot of research into like what i was actually putting into my body mm-hmm. and there's obviously no judgment because we all have our own journeys but I started learning, like, on hormonal birth control, you're giving yourself a hormone, and and because of that, your body doesn't actually know how to create it internally. Mm. Um, And so that, for me, was just, like, interesting. I started feeling weird about, like, putting something inside my body, and, like, a pill is what I was on. And... How long were you on it for? So, I went on birth control in college Mm -hmm. for a little bit for really bad periods and inconsistent periods to help me not have a lot of pain and have consistency and then I just like was in college so I never went back to my OB to get like a refill because you don't have to do like your annual to get a refill and I never did that and so I just went off it which is like so scary I just was like cold turkey like no more one month yes one month no um and then in like towards the end of my third year in college when I was in hair school I had a really bad cyst where they actually thought my appendix was rupturing which that was like a whole story in and of itself mm-hmm. and I went to the doctor and I had to get like internal ultrasound all that stuff and he recommended me going on birth control so I went on that then I spastically went off it again and then right before we got married I think like four months before we got married I was like oh I want to get back on birth control to try to have it regulated before we're married because obviously we didn't want a kid like right away because we were so young so you don't want a honeymoon baby no i did not want to spend time with drew yeah so i think there was like three different periods of my life and every time i think i was on a pretty low dosage and i never had to like switch my dosage and i always did like a pill and the first thing for me worked right away which i know is not everyone's story um but yeah i was on it just because like my periods sucked they were really bad Mm -hmm. really heavy and they were super painful and it would be like debilitating for three days like I couldn't go to school or couldn't work and I was like that's not how you should live your life just take this magic pill and it'll go away yeah and it did but I didn't know the effect on the other side of that and I also don't think maybe they did and I'm choosing to be optimistic but I also don't think like doctors knew what would happen on the other side of this or if they did there haven't been studies because I feel like the studies and stuff that are coming out now are so different from what was told to us when we were younger. Yeah. I think for especially our generation, birth control is just kind of like, like you said, the magic pill. That like any girl from like 12 to 25 presents any sort of problem and they're like, oh, just go on birth control. Mm -hmm. And 
especially when it's hormonal, like it does level things out, but there's also side effects. Yeah. And I know so many people who experienced all the side effects that you hear about on the commercials, you know, mm-hmm. weight gain, acne, depression, yep. all those kinds of things. For me, it was chronic migraines. Yeah. And I had been on for 10 years. So I went on when I was 15 also for like just the normal stuff, like yeah. cramps, all that stuff. Don't need to get into like crazy detail. But, <laughs> but when I was 25, I was like, okay, I've been on for a decade. It got to the point where like my migraines were debilitating like you said like Mm -hmm. I couldn't do anything I had to just lay in a dark room I had to have an ice pack on the back of my neck Mm -hmm. and something covering my eyes or an ice pack over my eyes and it had to be like silent and pitch black Mm. and I was just like I do not want to live like this anymore and I didn't ever really like think it was because my birth control but at some point I just had this feeling like it was almost just like my body and my mind were telling me like you need to try this yeah And so back when I was 24, like right after Michael and I got married, a few months after I started having the conversation with him, yeah, like I would like to come off birth control. I know we just got married and like it is, it is my body, but it's also like an us decision because, Mm -hmm. you know, no, nothing is like a perfect method of prevention. So it's like, yeah, I can't just go rogue and be like, (laughs) suck, I'm doing this, (laughs) deal with it if something happens. Yeah. And so that was why I started reading and read Taking Charge of Your Fertility and learned about like okay if I'm not on a hormonal birth control how can I like learn what my body is doing and what my body needs and that book was so so helpful and so then it's been like about a little over a year now since I went off and like you said I did not expect the roller coaster like I thought I was just gonna go off and I thought I did I was worried that like some of my symptoms from back when I was a teenager would come back Mm -hmm. like the original reason that Mm -hmm. I went off and I didn't know what to expect I will say my migraine stopped immediately that's insane it is insane the month I stopped hormonal birth control I never I've never had another migraine that's crazy I've had like headaches but never a migraine that's crazy that to me shows like our body is really trying to signal us when there's something Mm -hmm. going wrong yeah, or just, I mean, Ugh. it's like, your body's like, this isn't good for you. This isn't good. And, yeah. And like, this isn't long, good for our ecosystem. Yeah. For a freaking decade, my actual brain was like, this is terrible. <laughs> I'm going to make your life hell until you figure it out. Yeah. And yeah. So then I was like, okay, cool. No more migraines. Everything else is normal. I must be good. <laughs> but what I didn't realize <laughs> is that when you're on hormonal birth control, especially for a long time, it takes a while for your body to work it out yeah. of your system. I think it's up to like three months. Mine was five. That's crazy. Because I remember, well, let me think, September, October, November, December, four. Yeah. Four months. Four months. Because I remember specifically, I went off September of last year. Mm-hmm. First four months or three months were perfectly normal. I was like, this is great. This I'm is awesome. a breeze. My like, migraines are gone. And Woo-hoo. I was also freaked out because when I was reading in the book, it warned you. It was like, yeah. it's kind of rough coming off. Like, you should expect things to be pretty wonky for a while. But I didn't, maybe I didn't read the part where it was like, but it might take a while to get wonky. <laughs> so I was expecting, like, I'll come off birth control and, like, the next week everything will get crazy. And then it was just, like, calm for mm-hmm. three months. So then I got cocky and I was like, oh, my God, I'm a genius and my body just knows how to be good. Mm-hmm. And then December rolled around and it was, like, absolute hell on earth just unleashed <laughs> in my body. <laughs> and I was like, wow, uh, everything is terrible. 
no migraine still, but everything else. And then it became like a roller coaster. We're like, December was terrible, January's terrible, February's fine, mm-hmm. March is terrible, April's fine. Like on and off for another like five months. And, and do you mean terrible and like when you had your period, it was awful, or like there was like, I don't know, like what do you mean by terrible one month and not one month? Okay, so to get specific, my December period was 10 days late. So I was freaked out, obviously. Obviously. I was like, oh my god. I was like, Christmas came early. <laughs> You're like, Blair's getting a cousin. <laughs> I'm like, no, she's not. <laughs> um, but it was late. And then I remember when I got it, I was like, these are the worst cramps I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Like, like Michael was going to take me to the emergency room because yeah. of how much pain I was in. in and there was nothing that could help like I was taking tons of medicine I was on a heating pack I was using ice pads I was taking mm-hmm. hot baths I was laying down I was like doing counter pressure I was trying All anything I yeah. could think of to get rid of my cramps mm. and I couldn't I couldn't stand up all the way straight like Ugh. I was like um, I also was like, did my appendix burst? But I know it hadn't because it wasn't, like, localized to my right side. Yep. It was, like, my lower back, like, where you normally have cramps, all that. Mm-hmm. So that was it. But the weird thing was, once it came, it was only two days. And then the same thing happened in January. In January, I was, like, eight days late. It came. It was terrible. I couldn't do anything for the entire day. But it was one day. Oh, my gosh. So it was, like, all of the pain and everything was condensed into one, one day. Blech. And I still have not... I'm, I like, I know I'm not all the way leveled out. Yeah. Because right now my cycles are sitting at like 35 to 40 days. So right. my app every month is like, your period's pregnant. 10 days late. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm pregnant every single month. <laughs> I text Chelsea every single month, like, oh my God. Um, and it's just because I think my cycles are longer than like what the app is ever going to account for. Yeah. And still, my periods are like one or two days mm-hmm. and the cramps are terrible. But they're not as bad as they were back in December. Okay. Usually. But it's like, I have noticed, I think in like June or July, it was way later than usual, like 15 days or 16 days late. Yeah. And that was like December level pain. And you're like, terribleness. Yeah. So I've it's like the later they are, the worse they are, but also the shorter they are. That's very interesting. It's been very weird. So I'm still waiting to see. I'm trying to give myself time because I'm like, I was on hormonal birth control for a decade yeah and i'm only 26 so i was on it for like almost half of my life right wow. so i need to i've been feeling this pressure again going back to like being a perfectionist i've been feeling this pressure to like i'm like if my body could just level out and i could just have normal periods whatever that is for me mm-hmm. totally natural then i could like learn how to fix it but i feel like i'm not leveled out now so i can't start the like Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I don't know what I'm actually going to be like at my base, most natural level, I don't know how to address it because I still feel like my body's figuring it out. Yeah, and it's hard to know where you're at to know what to fix. Right. But then I'm like, who says I have to be like, ah, this is my natural state, and now I can fix it with X, Y, Z. Well, one thing I think is damaging 
to a lot of people is it's helpful because it's very informational but like you have to be careful with how much you consume is like I love all the TikToks or Instagram reels of people being like it's this part of my cycle I'm feeling like this blah 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 Mm -hmm. and I desire to get to be that in tune with my body but it makes me feel like a crazy person being like how I don't know like I don't know where I'm at I don't know my phases and like that's kind of something that we've been talking about is like understanding our cycle and the different phases of it and like you know people are like when you are in this phase you work out this way or you eat these things and like I think that's a journey of learning and it's half the battle I think almost just to like make the decision to not be on birth control and to experience what happens afterwards and like you said we can't be perfectly knowing what's happening right away it's like giving our body time to like breathe and adjust and learn like oh I need to make this hormone now and I need to trigger the brain to do this like Mm -hmm. it's like our body's relearning yeah I fell into that like social media content a lot where it's like oh in my follicular phase I feel amazing so I'm doing HIIT workouts Mm -hmm. and like I'm eating a lot of protein and blah 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 or whatever I don't know don't quote me on that I'm like just we don't know what we're talking about but or like you know you're in ovulation so you feel super vivacious and your skin looks amazing or then you're in your luteal phase so you're bloated and you feel terrible and you're cranky and you're tired yeah like I almost am like does that really help I think to a degree, but I think it's, like, you have to know who you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, if it's, like, I want to know when are my energy levels going to be higher and lower? Mm-hmm. When are, like, when am I going to be crankier? Because, like... Because I know some people plan their work schedule around their cycle, which I'm, like, that... I don't have that. I don't have a life like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't do that. Well, I'm kind of, like, if you have the flexibility in your work to do that and you know yourself that well, that's incredible. That's incredible. Because I do know, like, I do notice, and I... It, like, is completely common sense. But, like, the week before your period, you're, mm-hmm. like, so tired. Oh, yeah. And, like, like just nothing so gets low done. energy. Yeah, and I, like, get nothing done. So now it's, like, I think I'm dipping my toe into, now I have a name for it. I'm, like, mm-hmm. okay, that's my luteal phase. Mm-hmm. I know when I'm in luteal, like, I don't want to be super social. I don't want to, like, it was perfect timing with this last week. Yeah. Like, it was right after my period. So right. I was, like. High energy. Yeah. yeah. I think it's that's what your follicular phase yeah that's follicular so that's perfect you like feel amazing you're high energy but i'm like if all of that stuff i did last week had fallen two weeks before Mm -hmm. there's no way i would have literally not i would have canceled plans i think it's i think the whole point of identifying where you're at is to be able to at least for me in this stage would be to give myself grace Mm -hmm. if it's like the week before my period and i'm a raging bitch to drew like i need to immediately apologize and like understand like oh I'm just like extra hormonal and emotional this week and like that's why I'm like extra cranky or like bickering or something like that like I think for me it's understanding a little bit of the why but also be like I just need to give my body grace in this week because it's going through a hard time yeah like it, it really is doing and doing a lot of work and that's why you're tired and that's why it hurts because your body is putting a lot of energy towards that yeah and then on the flip side if you know when you're gonna have more energy Mm -hmm. or like I like to think about like creativity Mm -hmm. like I'm not gonna be creative if I'm tired no way so it's like my 
I'm not able to like change, you know, some people like change the length of their work day or like change, you know, you can change what kind of workouts you do. I'm like, well, I can't change the type of workout I do because I teach Pilates every week of the month. So it's like, I'm always going to be doing Pilates, whether or not that feels good. I'm going to be doing it in some capacity. And so I don't think like not everyone can change their actual like schedule, but if you can change like, for example, with creativity, like when I can look at the calendar and like, okay, when am I going to write my mm-hmm. Pilates routines? When do I yeah. need to put calendar to make new playlists, mm-hmm. to write new routines for work where I'm like writing content? Like when am I going to do my brainstorming? Yeah. Like I could put that in my follicular and ovulation phases, phases. Mm-hmm. and then save like the just task, like detail oriented, like black and white things Mm -hmm. for when I'm gonna be on my period or in my luteal phase because like that just I can just get it done whereas all the like creativity the flowing of things that take extra energy for you right Mm -hmm. and I think like being aware of that is cool I just I'm like so fascinated by girls who have that all figured out and I'm like I'm not there but like let me print off a chart and put it on like there's even detailed things about the types of vegetables and fruit you Mm -hmm. should eat and like Like I want raw carrot salad yeah I'm like I want to get there yeah that's like I want to be able to be in tune with myself and in tune with like what nature has provided to help me Mm -hmm. but I'm not there yet okay so this goes back to when we make our own calendars which we actually need to start doing because it is October I know I've started. You have? Yeah. Because you could do, you could work that in. That is genius, Riley. You could like, but I mean, then it's so hard because like, okay, but then if you have an irregular cycle, then is your entire rest of the year off? Well, I, th- but no, it doesn't yeah. have to be something that's like pre-printed in. Mm-mm. I want to, it almost could just be like a color coding system with highlighters. And that's like at the beginning of the month, you just look at your week. Mark the key. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, all right, this is when I'm anticipating these mm-hmm. different phases. So now I'm going to plan these events or like, like a girl's night. You know, although, oh my God, with our schedules, just as they are, imagine trying to also be like, when's everyone in follicular? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That would be a nightmare. We'd be like, so we'll never see each other again. Right. It's like the week that I'm about to have my period, I'd be like, okay, Drew, you can be a single parent this week. Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. Never do that. But I feel like there's so much to learn and so much that you can do. So if you're out there and like wanting to learn more or, you you know, there's a very good chance you're even more educated than we are on this. But if you are someone who's wanting to learn more about your cycle and your hormones and birth control and all that stuff, I would first say don't be overwhelmed. Yeah. I used to get overwhelmed and feel like in such a hurry. Yep. Let me tell you. It's not going to change anytime soon. Unless you're, like, approaching menopause, you're going to be doing this cycle thing for years and years and years. So if you don't get it figured out this week, you will be fine. Yeah. It will all get figured out. And if you're looking for resources, we will add some in the show notes. I would, again, highly recommend taking charge of your fertility. Mm -hmm. I'll link the Femhead um, YouTube channel. I love her stuff. Chelsea, you have anything specific you want to link? Um, I think there's a couple of articles and, like, more, like, scholarly, scholarly stuff that I've read. Yeah. So I'll put that. But... I, going off what you said, a lot of this seems really scary Mm -hmm. and we can have this conversation like on a different episode, but after I went off birth control, I had like a hundred days without having a period and I called my doctor and they were like, come in immediately. And then I got diagnosed with PCOS and I kind of went down like, um, uh, I spiraled really Mm -hmm. bad and like I was reading all of these things and I just felt like a lot of lost hope and then I just became really angry because I was like why did my parents let me get on birth control at 14 like I didn't know what this was like I was like even with like stuff like Accutane like how dare they put me on that but Mm -hmm. we didn't know and so as one I would say 
as an individual it is your responsibility to educate yourself Mm -hmm. and to know what's going on with your body so like do the hard work of reading scientific journals and reading about the endocrine system and like and how your body is made up and like learning about how your body works because once you understand that and then you go and you read more about birth control or anything that you're curious about you have a basis for like the knowledge of what they're talking about and you have to be you have to be your biggest advocate because I know between me and you and even some of our other friends when they've gone to the doctor and been like I'm going off most likely like you're gonna have to fight for it oh my god my gynecologist wasn't gonna let me go off yes that was like I remember like I remember texting some of my friends after that appointment and being like she straight up just said no and prescribed me yeah so I'm like hot take but if you want to go off birth control and your gynecologist is like oh try this lower dosage one instead if you know that's what's best for your body mm-hmm. like forget whatever they say because ultimately like they're You're just gonna try to yeah it's like it's yourself. your body only you know yeah that was the most disheartening thing is when I was like I yeah. know that this is what I want and her only thing was like are you trying to get pregnant and I was yeah. like no but yes. I also have migraines and I just I've wanted to be off for years mm-hmm. and she's like well let me prescribe you this other birth control instead I'm like ma'am I've been on like three or four different kinds of birth control yeah. they don't work for me no doctors will most likely not be encouraging and you have to understand like their job is to look out for this and I guess scientifically this has been the recommended thing I don't really know but mm-hmm. like they don't see the whole picture of your life only you do and you're your biggest advocate and so be confident in that and like stand up for yourself. I know when I got diagnosed with PCOS, I had to take charge for myself in a big way. And we can maybe do like another episode on more like specifics of that. But if you are also in a relationship, like I love how you mentioned with you and Michael, like you started educating yourself, but like you also educated him. Yeah. And it's like, if you are married or in a relationship and like having that conversation, um, like I I'm just letting you know right now, Drew's not going to go read up on fertility or anything like this. Like, he's, like, I almost feel like it's your body, it's your job to, like, educate if you're in a relationship, like, that person because Mm -hmm. it is scary and, like, there's, society has, like, told us the only way to protect yourself from not getting pregnant is this and, like, there's a lot of just, I don't know mixed opinions about it yeah and if you're gonna educate yourself like it's a responsibility also to your partner to like educate them and like bring them into the loop and make a decision that you're both comfortable with and also it is your body yeah and so it's like you do get to have the say because it's your body and your body's being affected but there's a respect level there in educating you know like your partner yeah and I think like society especially like if you obviously have a male partner like Mm -hmm. if you are a woman with a woman then like this probably isn't (laughs) that (laughs) you're probably not having the conversation but I think with men like society tells men from such a young age like periods are gross don't talk about them it's not your thing it's a girl thing like oh the girls are gonna go over there in health class and they talk (laughs) about periods and like the boys don't have to learn that and or it's like so do you gross. remember being in middle school grabbing a tampon out of your backpack how that was like the scariest thing in the world i didn't grab it out of my backpack i shoved it in my uh, sock no what was so in when i was in middle school leg warmers no frick it was like a type of boot combat boots oh your combat, combat boot boots? yes oh baby i would stuff two or three in there i would tuck it in all day i would tuck like, them in my sweatshirt sleeve, sleeve yeah, yeah and then walk to the bathroom you would never catch me taking a tampon out of a backpack no too embarrassing but i think yeah like the conversation with michael it was a really important piece because it does affect him like yeah. it is it is my body but like if we have a kid his life will change forever yep so 
I was not mad at him ever for being like a little hesitant because he also doesn't know. He's like, he doesn't have sisters. Yeah. It's not like he sat around <laughs> with his mom and his mom taught him about periods, yeah. you know? So it's like, that's a, that's a cool part in relationships is like when you're with someone, you get to teach each other new mm-hmm. things. And that is an element of being in a relationship, you know, yeah. where you're having sex and like, yeah. Drew want to not- get pregnant or don't want to get pregnant either right. way they've got to figure it out and they have to be part of the conversation too and like you said with Drew Michael I'm not going to come home and ever find Michael reading like a journal about fertility <laughs> no way but he was super receptive like when I was reading the book I would highlight stuff and yep. be like oh my god I just read this this is so crazy yeah and or like I would watch those femhead YouTube videos and he'd come and I she has one where she does like a whole thing with her husband and there was like a Q&A with her and her husband That's cute. and people were like asking him what yeah. it's like to be you know like learning about all this stuff from his wife and mm. like it's just cool I think it's I think like the era of like I don't know it gives me the ick when like husbands or boyfriends are like ew i don't want to hear about your fertility right. it's right. like okay well it literally affects you so you better get on board and quit being a bitch about it yep. sorry and it's the period is like literally a fourth of the whole thing it's like a cycle yeah it's like and all of those things are important and like i feel like the more better that drew understands it the more better he understands me mm-hmm. and like and that kind of even happened like postpartum where he was like do you think you have baby blues like he was able to bring things to my attention and he still does, like, knowing my, my cycle, being like, are you, like, about to start your period? You're being extra emotional. And, like, he's able to help our relationship because he knows where I'm at. And yeah. it actually just makes us better. It's because... just, like, a new way that you can listen to your partner yeah. and, like, get to know them better. And I think that's so cool. And, like, it's kind of a one-sided thing, I think, because guys don't really have an equivalent. But mm-hmm. it's I think that it's a cool way that men, like, if you're a man listening to this, I think a really unique and like intimate and special way that you can serve yeah. your partner is to just not be like, I'm sorry, like don't be immature about it. Like if she's yeah. on her period, be like, hey, what what do you need? Like right. how can I help you? Like we're not shy about talking about it, so you don't need to be shy about talking about it. Yeah. That's right, men. If your lady's going through it and she just needs a chocolate ice cream cone, that just might be what her body needs. And that's how you can love her. That's how you can support her just by listening to your wife, spouse, partner, whatever, in her body. But basically wrapping up, this can be like a really scary topic and be super overwhelming. And so I would just encourage anyone who's maybe on the journey like Riley and I are, or you're thinking about coming off hormonal birth control, it's your job to educate yourself. There's so many resources we have in the show notes and there's literally so much more out there and like, you know, scientific journals and stuff like that that you can read. So totally would suggest educating yourself and then educating your partner and really just making a decision that you think is best for your body based on what you have learned. I also do want to pop in and say, just because I know that some people need to be on hormonal birth control. For so sure. So, of course, I I thought it would go without saying, but I'm just feeling like I should say. If you are on hormonal birth control and that feels good to you, mm-hmm. this is not us, like, shaming that Oh my gosh, all. no. Like, if that works for you and you feel good about that... Please continue doing whatever mm-hmm. is best for you. We're coming from a perspective of this was not good for us. It did not feel good. Yeah. And, you know, also like Chelsea has Blair. <laughs> so yeah. it's like if yeah. you if you want to Blair, you're going to have to come off at some point and it will be a journey. Yep. So if it's working for you and you love it, Godspeed. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy for you because it is hard to find a birth control that works. Yeah. So if you found it and you feel good about it, 
amazing. Yep. We are not shaming anyone. Mm-hmm. We're just more coming from this of the perspective of people actually shamed us. Yeah. I'm for like, the decisions we were making. <laughs> and we just want to let other girls out there who are experiencing the same thing know nothing to be shameful about yeah so we're gonna put a question down below if you want to hear more on this because chelsea and i talk about this all the time (laughs) and it took forever to talk about on the podcast because it is a little bit vulnerable Mm -hmm. and like we know most of our listeners are girls a little intimate but it is a little intimate so if it's something that you're interested in hearing more about we -hmm. have tons of stories we could talk about this for hours and hours yeah i would love to go into more detail on you know what we are learning about the different phases of the cycle all the hormones like things that we found that work for us. I really want to share my PCOS story. Yeah. I think it's crazy. And PCOS is like such a hot topic trigger word right now. Mm-hmm. And even going into like what all of that means, which I'm not a doctor, but I feel like I've done a lot of research and yeah. it just is fun for me to talk about. Yeah. And there's so much from the perspective of natural family planning and like mm-hmm. the different vital signs that you can take from your body. Yeah to prevent pregnancy that I would love to chat about if that is something that people are interested in. Um, Again, it's all in that book, so you could also read about it there. But if this is a topic that you're interested in and you want to hear more about it, please let us know in the box below or let us know on Instagram at Big Sister Complex Pod or shoot us a text because we want to know if you have our numbers. We want to hear from you. We want the feedback. We love you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.